because it always feels kind of heroic to wake up in the middle of the night and, and start working. I think it's uh, an accumulation of, of experience and knowledge and wisdom that was gained from operational experience at, uh, at first at, at Google. Uh... The core concepts of SRE work at every scale. SRE can help make that very explicit. Product thinking and the rollout of SRE go hand in hand. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bol.com Tech Lab podcast. We share our experience with you. Speaking behind the screens of IT and tech in general at Bol.com, the largest e-commerce platform in the Netherlands and Belgium. We are sharing our approach to IT, e-commerce and retail platforms. The hosts of the show, Peter Paul van der Beek and Peter Brouwers. Innovation was managed in a waterfall form When around the new millennium agile became the norm The web it did explode and it increased all over loads of monoliths They cool scopes of services No microservices Welcome take dependencies increases some complexity So now we all need SRE SRE! SRE. Yeah! Wow, that was an amazing song about the topic of today Welcome, I'm very glad you found us again and we have an indeed awesome topic today. So what is it, Peter? Yes, thanks. Uh, and, and really a great song, uh, Bart, a nice, uh, nice performance. <laughs> um, yeah, today we look at uh, SRE, so Site Reliability Engineering. And uh, yeah, the subject is about um, uh, yeah, reliability. Uh, two years ago, actually around this period of time, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, I was at a conference in Dusseldorf about uh, SRE. Um, uh, a lot of new stuff uh, and, and stuff in, yeah, uh, already aware of it, but now looking in a, in a SRE uh, uh, perspective. Uh, I found it really interesting, really something that we should uh, um, do in, in Bol.com as well. And yeah, today is a, is a good moment to uh, to talk about that one with the guests of the show. So, Peter Paul, time to introduce them. Yeah, you already heard uh, Bart Enkelaar, uh, one of our uh, local artists. No, he's a software engineer <laughs> and SRE advocate uh, at Bol.com. External speaking, friend of the show. Uh, he was also in the previous uh, podcast episode on uh, personal uh, productivity. And we have Rob, Rob Klein. Feeling Lenners. right at home. <laughs> yeah. <you. laughs> and we have Rob, Rob Klein, the system uh, engineer and uh, site reliability engineering uh, guru. So welcome to the show as well. Thank you. So yeah. Uh, nowadays, we try uh, to do check-ins with uh, in each episode. So, uh, yeah, Bart, uh, yeah, why did you accept the invitation to join as a guest in this uh, episode? Yeah, um, well, uh, like uh, Peter explained, I also got uh, uh, caught with the SRE uh, bug uh, when I saw uh, a presentation on, I think it was uh, like a Google Cloud uh, day. I was like... This makes so much sense. We need to be doing this. And uh, then I started talking to people uh, at Bol.com who thought the same way. And through that, that turned into uh, me now being part of the the dedicated SRE team uh, that we have at Bol.com that's trying to help this transition. And 
from that uh, point, uh, I also uh, enjoy uh, sharing uh, knowledge. And, and from that perspective, I, I've been, been telling all kinds of people about SRE. And uh, this fits uh, right into that alley. So thanks. Cool. And for you, Rob? Yeah, um, well, I've been trying to apply SRE already for um, two years or something in my day-to-day -day job. Um, and yeah, like uh, specific dedicated projects for uh, improving reliability of the warehouse management system, for instance. And um, yeah, through that, I kind of, I, I don't even remember how, but I came also in contact with Bart and uh, I was, I became a little bit more known in the sense that I was uh, really into it. And uh, yeah, now I'm in the dedicated SRE team, full, spending full time on um, thinking and working uh, with SRE and uh, paving the road for the for teams, basically. Uh, yeah, and um, a part of that job is uh, being more in the, in the spotlights also uh, with sharing information, uh, doing trainings and joining this podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for, for joining. And uh, could you explain so uh, also to our listeners what we see as SRE, Site Reliability Engineering? What is it in your view? In my view, um, SRE, well, th this is a little bit difficult because there are a lot of uh, companies who I think uh, take only a small part of that, like uh, it could be seen as a solution for a 24-7 problem, or it could be seen as, depending on how far you are in DevOps, uh, maybe the way to do, uh, some, some organizations see it as a way to do automation, uh, making uh, scaling out, basically, um, doing operations in, in, in an automated way. Um, I think uh, that's that's by far not the whole the whole story. Of course, uh, it is. I think it's a, a accumulation of of experience and knowledge and wisdom that was gained from operational experience at uh, at first at, at Google uh, Google.com, of course. Um, they decided to share their um, version of DevOps, basically, and other uh, companies started to chip in on that. And before yeah. before SRE SRE came out, you only had uh, DevOps, which was more like a philosophy, and every company would would uh, take their own uh, steps in that. But uh, and as we did, maybe uh, Bart, you can explain more about that. Yeah, because I think uh, for me the the key. Uh, stroke of uh, genius that that infected me with the SRE bug was uh, this this realignment of incentives because development and operations traditionally of course has orthogonally uh, uh, orthogonally conflicting <laughs> uh, incentives where uh, operations gets rewarded for the systems being as stable as possible and development gets rewarded for the systems. Uh, being as changed as often as possible and every change brings risk at more instability and with scale that means that the more you change the, the less stable you are and since that was conflicting in the past um devops said well the same people need to be doing this so that uh, the conflict is in a single location and it can be managed but it was less clear on is how can it be managed exactly 
and and this for me is 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 the the key value that SRE brings. It provides a, a specific way of realigning these conflicting incentives to make sure uh, that they are optimized to maximize the user's happiness with your product. And in the end, your your product's user happiness will uh, directly uh, determine your success as a company. So not only um, putting that conflict in the same location, but actually providing a structured set of tools uh, to do that. That for me is the the revolution of SRE. <laughs> exactly. And and what does that, uh, you mentioned earlier, how to manage this DevOps thing. Eh? And so what are the, the, the key things in providing the structure to manage the DevOps thing? Yeah, so there there's many um, fundamental concepts that underlie doing SRE well, like uh, mm -hmm. uh, blamelessness and uh, automation. Uh, but the key um, tools that SRE uses um, to uh, make this decision, decisioning right, to get this alignment of different incentives right, is using uh, the SLIs, SLOs, and SLAs, which are uh, service level indicators, service level objectives, and service level agreements. So uh, service level agreements are, are fairly known from ITIL uh, as a, uh, a contract about what kind of service um, you provide to your customers. Um, but uh, SRE, through its objectives and indicators, really brings that back to your day-to-day -day operation and decisioning on uh, your innovation. Uh, so the service level indicators are uh, metrics that you collect that correlate as effectively as possible with user happiness. And then your service level objectives are your targets that you set on um, how uh, effective the, how, how high these indicators must be, essentially, how, how good they must be. Uh, and then uh, the, the agreements are about what are the consequences if you don't fail to meet these objectives. Exactly. Uh, could you give some examples at, of uh, how at Bold.com we try to use these uh, SLIs and SLOs to, uh, yeah, to get to more customer happiness as you explain rob maybe you want to take an example from the product catalog we've been doing a project together with product catalog which is uh, managing the content of uh, uh, well basically what what suppliers uh, upload uh, images pdfs um, whatever about products and um, yeah when when we uh, engage with them we we looked uh, we started looking at uh, the user journeys, which are um, for in, for instance the, the upload of the images, or could also be the text content. And um, when uh, when you follow that process, then you see a lot of involved systems and even different teams. Um, so you go uh, look with those teams at at what the technical uh, things are happening, what technical things are happening there. And then you start um, um, to make a plan on how to uh, spec uh, first you specify a service level indicator, uh, which says um, which says something about um, monitoring that process. For instance, someone uploads an image 
through a single process through a web interface. That's one one uh, user journey. And then you follow the whole fl flow and then you, you want to know how long that process took. Um, you can measure that for every asset that gets uploaded or for every text item that gets uploaded. Um, and then you, you look at uh, later on together with business, we talk with uh, the product owners, product managers, uh, you look at the, the numbers that you have collected and then you kind of decide an initial target like uh, this. This should be an achievable target, like uh, processing of those images should not take longer than one hour, even uh, based on this data. Um, and once you set that target, you basically say um, that the cert a certain percentage of that uh, should meet that target. So you could say, we want 95% of all uploads to be within that hour, to be uh, succeeded in that hour. Um, and then, then you start, that, that becomes your, your real target. Once, uh, once you miss that, um, um, uh, I mean, once that uh, there are images that don't make it in that time. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is hard to explain. So, um, so you explained the, the indicator is the uh, is the time it takes to to get the the, the image that the supplier delivers on the webshop. Yeah, that, that's yeah. your indicator. Our objective is that that X percent will uh, be done in in that period of time. And uh, yeah. and now what if you if you don't meet that uh, one hour? Yeah, and I, I I forgot to say like the the five percent that. Uh, you, you're kind of accept, accepting a percentage uh, of not meeting that target, which is in this case 5%. Uh, this is uh, called your error budget. And after a month, uh, uh, only 5% of those uh, uploads may be uh, slower than that, than that, uh, that one hour. Yeah, and, and, and the fun part, of course, is that this, this error budget, that's, a, that's a, a business decision. It's how much user pain can you accept in your user journey and that really makes this this discussion about how you set your slos a really valuable interaction between innovation teams and and business teams yeah. so and in, in this example the, the user is uh, the, the supplier or the seller who's delivering the the, the content to bot.com to have it processed um, and also uh, and of course the, the customer the real uh, uh, buyer on the shop yeah, the end user yeah. is uh, is uh, um, it's helping him out as well because uh, he gets the, the the content as soon as possible. But what, based on this example, can you explain why it is so important for Bot.com to to embrace this uh, this SRE um, movement, to, so to say? Yeah. Well, first of all, you can see that by by simply looking at the numbers, like like we explained, how we uh, start to measure these uh, flows. Uh, and at the, at the beginning of the process, you have business stakeholders there in the meetings, but everyone kind of thinks that things are uh, are okay most of the time. And uh, you will find out that yes, there it's it is not that bad, of course. But there are also surprises that oh, we didn't know that uh, that it was um, you know. Uh, it, it, you know, they, they think that, that it's better usually than, than it is, than it actually is. So that helps to to show what's really happening. And also when you have 
have a, a kind of incident to to actually see what uh, what impact uh, there there was. Yeah, so we've been at Bold.com, we've been doing DevOps since I think 2016 fairly successfully. And indeed, what Rob is saying is that means that lots of our decisioning about reliability was still um, made based on uh, gut feeling, essentially. Um, and uh, when we origin, uh, originally did our DevOps transition, that was quite a successful uh, project where we built uh, quite a lot of uh, tooling uh, to uh, help all our engineers get closer to production and make sure that uh, everyone could uh, deploy their own uh, applications like really quickly. So that worked really well and there was lots of uh, 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 training as well and a, and a whole system. So uh, there was, was a, a really successful uh, transition and and you saw that in the numbers in things like uh, mean time to recovery and um, incidents not going up as fast as uh, it used to be but we ha have seen as we kept growing as a company um, that those uh, traditional in the company-wide indicators of stability have taken a slight t turn for the worse and that's um, combined with uh, this 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 scale up um, means that uh, what we did then is no longer enough to scale up uh, our the way we handle uh, innovation and operations at, at Bolotcom. So it's it's really vital uh, to take this next step. And I think um, when we uh, proposed this dedicated team uh, at some point, I said like the best time to do this is two years ago, and well, the next best <laughs> time is now. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 what, what for you? Because I, I definitely hear a sense of urgency in your voice, uh, Bart. Uh, mm -hmm. What, what, what made the problem so hard, or so, so urgent, or so large that we really had to tackle it uh, two years ago? That's a good question. Um, it's. Um, I've been at Polycom for uh, six years now, and. Uh, I like to think about to it. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, there's always, as you talk talk to people, you get uh, like a measure of frustration. The uh, sense of the people you talk to about certain subjects, like exactly, exactly, and uh, of course, there's lots of things going really well, but there's also always things that we can improve. Yeah, we uh, want to improve, <laughs> so that's why we focus on that, right? Exactly, exactly. I guess uh, I was part of a, uh, a group of engineers that were second line support to uh, the uh, mm -hmm. operations uh, team. And uh, what that meant was that we, uh, most of our uh, applications uh, still run out of office support uh, by um, uh, system engineers, mm -hmm. uh, by operations experts. Uh, but since they didn't have much of the functional uh, knowledge, uh, that's why this, this group of engineers was also set on call uh, as a second line uh, group of uh, engineers to be on call. Mm -hmm. And um, that meant that that was a place where uh, you quickly got in touch with um, all the things that were going uh, right, uh, but also all the things that were going wrong. Uh, 
Yeah, because yeah. in that case, uh, then you were what you call a system uh, or a, a software engineer on duty. That's uh, what exactly. this group of people is called. Uh, yeah. If if things go well, you could sleep. If things go wrong, <laughs> you were called out of bed, uh, just like a regular operations guy uh, mm-hmm. or girl. And, and you had to work. You had to do things on moving parts that you didn't necessarily create, but you had to fix things, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. There's the pain, and then you come to the real problem that you had to fix in order to mm-hmm. get your good light of sleep back. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. So to to be honest, the night of sleep was never an issue because it always feels kind of heroic to wake up in the middle of the night and and start working. So uh, <laughs> that that's kind of fun. Of course, it can't happen too often. Uh, but. It's more the uh, the layers of problem that you have to get through uh, to reach the core yeah. of an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, those were getting thicker and thicker. <laughs> exactly. So, so you, have, uh, yeah. you have to dig way deeper to, to get to the real problems and fix things over there. Exactly. And at some point we needed like a form of preparation, a form of structure, uh, uh, an approach to fix these. And that's where SRE can also really help us out, right? Yes, definitely. Mm. Uh, Especially since it's a standard that was uh, developed externally and is now also, uh, well, we're not the only ones who think this is a great idea. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like uh, uh, Netflix and Apple or... Fang ones uh, are doing it, <laughs> and uh, that makes it that it's it's also a a uh, ecosystem that uh, develops not only in strategy but also in tooling. Uh, we're uh, 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 talking to a, a startup from the states that wants to focus on uh, um, SRE tooling. That that conversation already is really valuable. That you can can. Uh, reach out to others like how are you approaching this and then bring that back into the company and say this structure works for them for this and this reason let's see what it does for us exactly and that's one of the things that i really like about this sre and how we're implementing it that we're really also uh yeah seeing in the outside world what what's working there that we're starting conversations with other companies to see what we can uh, use ourselves and that we that we really uh, also, um, uh, yeah, can touch into an ecosystem, and that we actually do that to really build uh, build our uh, knowledge. Uh, I really yeah, and, like and maybe we can even put a bit of a call to action here to the listeners of this podcast, because uh, uh, I've I've done a couple talks at a couple conferences, and exactly this thing, the the conversation that that comes after that, like how are you approaching this? How how are we approaching it? That was really valuable. So if someone listens to this podcast who is implementing SRE at their company, who want who's uh, curious to see how we're doing it and maybe exchange ideas, we'd love it to get in, in touch. So uh, leave comments on socials or just uh, reach out to us. Uh, that will be uh, great. That's, uh, I think, a great call to action. 
call for action. Uh, Bart, um, yeah, just like last week, uh, we after the holidays, we introduced a new item. Uh, we called it uh, the statements or the dilemmas. So, uh, um, and now we know, okay, uh, what what is SRE about, and, and why do we need it in Bold.com? Why did we start implementing? It, it's it's maybe nice to to dive in some uh, some of those uh, statements. So uh, uh, yeah, the, the first one is um, there's just just one way forward with DevOps, and that is SRE. Rob, what's your reaction on that? Yeah, I, I think that that is um, in a way it's true, but I think that SRE is a moving target as well. So uh, I think it's not SRE is not anymore. The, the same SRE as it was when Google uh, Google shared that, um, because a lot of input from other companies, uh, what works at other companies, you know, it's it's not like um, what what Google does is the the only way to do it, um, because they are not the same company as we are, for instance. So not everything works the same way. So, and I think uh, you know you have Google CRE customer. Um, uh, what is it? Reliability engineers. So we are getting support from them as well, and you can also see that they take back lessons from what how we are implementing SRE and um, probably sharing it with other companies. And uh, yeah, uh, so I think it's it's evolving, and I think it's going to. It is already becoming an in industry standard, and it's just going to be more big. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the fun quote there uh, was uh, how uh, uh, Google was in, in incorporating our feedback. Is uh, uh, we did a, a workshop uh, with them and uh, about uh, 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 training uh, uh, SRE uh, engineers essentially, and then uh, they released a, uh, a Coursera course about uh, uh, engineering culture, and then somewhere in that training there was. Uh, uh, an online retailer in the Netherlands had this and this problem. It's like, yay! <laughs> yeah, smart. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you, so, the, so the feedback loop is indeed in place for uh, for SRE as well, and it's uh, in, involving like uh, evolving, like uh, Rob said. Yeah. Um, okay, ne next statement. Um, I, I start liking those statements, uh, Peter Paul. Uh, that that's, uh, gives some some great insights as well. Uh, it says Esri is an overkill for 80% of the cloud ventures. Can can I ask what a cloud venture is? Yeah, or any anything who would move into the cloud with with their with their software. Because basically, uh, earlier in this podcast, you also mentioned, okay, when really scaling our DevOps, that's when we ran into problems. Now we yeah. uh, operate at quite a large scale. So let's say that yeah. there's some above us. That's the 20%. For them, it's really interesting. They're, there's a load of them uh, doing less uh, traffic, less of, of all kinds of yeah. things. And so, yeah, man, they don't need this. They can just do all the stuff right. Well, um, maybe. <laughs> it's a shame that the audience can see your face if you're, <laughs> if you're listening to this. I really so to mention that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You really saw the cogs going like, how can I put this politically? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, no, so I think uh, the core concepts of SRE work at every scale. Like the, the heart of uh, SRE is uh, finding metrics uh, that correlate with user happiness. And that is mm -hmm. uh, thinking about what your user really needs, I think should be vital to any software system. In the end, we're, we're 
um, we're solving problems for people. So if we don't put those people first in the solutions we make, uh, we're not doing our job right. And uh, SRE, of course, mostly uh, concerns the reliability and stability aspect. But of course, everybody knows that reliability is your number one feature. If you're not there, you're not providing value. Uh, so even if you are a one-man team, I think it, it would be valuable to apply the principles that SRE uh, uh, a one-person team, sorry. Yeah. Uh, even then, it would be valuable um, to provide uh, to to use these these uh, uh, guidelines and principles to uh, build your your system. Exactly. Yeah. The great thing about the principles is that they they are they give directions. They're not stating how much of a certain thing that you have to do uh, to uh, adhere to them, basically. So that exactly. and. So, yeah, cool. What I'm really interesting, but it's maybe distracting it a little of the topic that also in the product organization, that that's basically saying the same, eh? that you know, if, you, if you're with one person or with 100 or 1,000 or 100,000, you have to be obsessed about this customer and how to make that customer happy. And I really think it's interesting to see the overlap uh, of, of, of products. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah. SRE, really. Which is also why we've really uh, connected on that level and mm -hmm. uh, really think that the, the rollout of uh, product thinking and the rollout of uh, SRE go hand in hand swimmingly. It's, uh, they, they, they use basically uh, the same philosophy to a, approach two different aspects of the innovation problem. And that's why they, they work so well uh, together and it's also something that gives me personally a lot of confidence in uh, that we're on the right track as a company. So let's go to the last statement Peter. Yes the, so the SRE is new and the requirements for the jobs are very high so we can't find people to fulfill the role. Okay I'll take that one. Um, yeah, basically what, what Bart already explained, it doesn't matter what, what scale you're doing it at. Uh, and so that also means it doesn't matter who exactly does apply SRE, everyone can apply SRE. Uh, it's just that when what you're, you know, what you hear is the, the SRE skill set, um, th those high, uh, that high SRE, uh, SRE uh, skill set, it's mostly uh, needed for really extremely critical systems. And we, I think we do have great engineers on the webshop side. We do have great engineers in the platform uh, who are maybe without knowing uh, that they're doing SRE, they're, they're also SREs. So um, I think it's a, a little bit an overstatement that you, you really need to, um, uh, you don't need to have those that skill level at, at every part of your business, I think. Yeah, so, so what we're really aiming for is uh, have a dedicated uh, specialized, uh, uh, well, dedicated specialists in site reliability engineering that can build a support structure so that everyone can uh, innovate according to these principles of site reliability yeah. engineering. So um, that's really the way we uh, we hope uh, that we can limit uh, the problems of recruiting. <laughs> 
towards the amount of deep specialization that we're going to need. But it's it's definitely true that it's a it's a job that requires uh, advanced software engineering skills and advanced system engineering skills, uh, and uh, together they form this new job that is its whole own set of skills. How do you balance the two? Which is site reliability engineering. Mm. So it's it's definitely uh, a difficult job, uh, but that also makes it a really fun and interesting one. Great. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I could think of other uh, dilemmas or statements to come up with, eh? the, uh, but maybe more in in the question uh, then. The, and when you talk about the sleaze and the slows, uh, error budget, it sounds like uh, for me it, it it could be seen as similar to what what you have in ETL with with the service level agreement, right? Eh? You define your uptime of the system and the and the response times. So what's what's essentially differentiating from from that principle um, yeah um, I can answer that it's the closest to the user journey so the, the starting point of SRE and SLIs and SLOs is always to look at the, the journeys of, of uh, what users experience and what users expect um, so it it really take it really turns that into a science and uh, so it's it's a complete uh, content, constant feedback loop Instead of talking about what uh, customers expect um, in the sense of expecting that they expect the same as your SLA, that, that that's not uh, not the same. I mean, we we get, I think the SLA states something like uh, the asset processing pipeline should take up to 24 hours only, but there you know the the pipeline is much faster than that in in practice. So users get used to uh, what they get. So 24 hours in reality is not really acceptable. Um, yeah. And that's why, um, yeah, SRE really makes that a science and it's really uh, keen on, on a feedback loop, looking at the data, what are users experiencing? And uh, that's pr pretty much what they're expecting as well. And then going from there and uh, making sure that they, they get a, a, an experience that it stays at that at that kind of level and not uh, it's going it's not going to deteriorate by a lot and yeah. with those old kpis or you're talking about they're, they're mostly much more related to the systems uh, we see a lot of metrics about um, uh, about the response time of a single system but that that doesn't approach the, the problem from the side of a complete user journey from start to end it start with with the user of the of the system. That's what you say. And what I what I also remember from this from this uh, conference I talked about is that you manage that. Uh, for instance, if you know your system is is responding in uh, like like for instance a one and a half second, that that can be seen as quite a long time. But you manage it by see, showing a, a bar that's that's growing uh, during this this loading time. Then the user knows, hey, okay, that this is uh, uh, this is acceptable because I know it's 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 working on something. So that was also uh, uh, yeah one one item I uh, took with that um, that conference. Hey, let let's go from um, uh, why are we doing this? Uh, we had some nice statements into the learnings. What um, what did we discover so far? Um, yeah, who wants to start with the learnings? Yeah, so um, there's a couple uh, concrete things that, that we, we've learned as a, as a company uh, because uh, 
uh, of course, as we mentioned already, like Google has a way, but we are not Google, so it won't work exactly as Google. Um, and uh, we've also experimented with different forms of SREs, like uh, on and off since uh, 2016 when Google uh, uh, launched the books. All kinds of different uh, people at Bold.com have uh, f fallen in love with these principles and tried to apply them to, to different parts of the organizations in, in, in different ways. And uh, concretely last year, uh, we did a, uh, a focused pilot where we had a, a, a group of part-time SREs and um, they uh, would try basically uh, to set up what we've done this year with a full-time SRE team. And uh, we really found that that didn't uh, quite work for us as a company. So the, 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 um, the part-time SRE that's trying to roll out this new concept uh, for the whole uh, company while also doing normal sprint work uh, in their teams uh, without any uh, support structure around that, that that didn't that didn't work and we didn't get the the effect that we were hoping for uh, and we really turned that into a learning of well okay let's get some dedicated uh, uh, people together and uh, we really find that with that dedicated group we're really starting to make take the steps uh, that we need to to make as a company and uh, so that was a big learning yeah and, and for you Rob what do we uh the biggest learnings or the, the things we learned we, we uh, uh, turned around into uh, yeah yeah I, into I think that uh, the whole I mean I, I learned that that SRE is a, is a journey and it's a personal journey it's a, it's a journey for our, uh, our new dedicated SRE team and I think it's a journey for the whole company um, <laughs> that's that's what I learned and I'm learning a lot of things because I, uh, like in the introduction I'm a system engineer um, but this is really um, taking me out of my comfort zone and uh, I really feel an urge to, to learn software engineering. Uh, I started a little bit uh, uh, small steps uh, doing uh, Kotlin programming and I want to contribute a little bit on, uh, we, have a, we have a service for the software engineers, uh, software engineers on duty, I mean. Uh, I want to contribute a little bit on that. and. Um, uh, yeah, and that's what I learned that that if you want to be successful at SRE, because we are like uh, consultants, basically, but the consultancy model was already, we knew from the start that it's tricky because you want to improve things in another team, but the best way to do that is to actually give them a hand uh, with really solving stuff. And I, I saw that when we implement, when we were implementing SLIs and SLOs in, at the at that content project that um, engineers really uh, appreciated that that we make uh, changes uh, or to make the necessary changes for those measurements. And uh, yeah, I think that's what I learned that that um, that is an important uh, aspect uh, approach to to engagement with with those teams. So it's there's a lot of lessons to be learned on, on all kinds of uh, uh, yeah. sides. Yeah, and I, I really like what you're saying about how it gets you out of your comfort zone. I can totally relate to that. It's uh, my my last year has been insanely different from any other year I've ever had as a software engineer. 
And uh, that I, I think the last time I learned this much this quickly uh, was uh, when I just joined Baldur's.com. Baldur's.com was the, the, the second company I, I, uh, uh, I, I worked at, and I learned software development at a first company where I worked for seven years. So everything here was new, which, of course, means that you need to learn a lot at the same time. Uh, and this site reliability engineering, there's so much different aspects to it because like the, the the engineering requirements are really high, but the uh, the soft skill requirements are also really high because it's all about bringing the people together to align them. And uh, that's definitely been a journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Hey, before we go to the closing round, uh, one last question is, okay, yeah, what's next uh, from where we are now? What, uh, what are the next steps? Yeah, so you already mentioned that it really aligns well with the, the product uh, API vision, well, the, the product organization vision that we have. And uh, uh, so we really, uh, as a next step, want to align on that um, uh, product uh, vision and product organization. Uh, so uh, that's why we're hoping to uh, uh, scale up the SRE team along the lines of the product organization. And then, uh, uh, like, I, I really hope that by the end of next year, we will have at least three dedicated product SRE teams uh, or product domain SRE teams uh, that will help the, the most... Uh, impactful products uh, in their domain uh, to find that right balance between innovation and stability, reliability. Yeah. Wow. All right. I paid the poll. I think it's your turn. For final question always. Eh? Yeah. yeah. So because uh, you were uh, and it's uh, uh, you is part in this case, you were mentioning yeah, we need to, to align people. But what I also think that that especially when you uh, talk about uh, uh, the SLIs and the uh, SLOs, or the indicators and the objectives, that you also really have to talk with, with business and, the, and the, uh, the end users to talk about, okay, and these are the consequences uh, if you're asking this. And, and I think that there also is a, uh, a lot of talking has to be done. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. It's uh, in one of my, my presentations, I, I present this image where SRE is uh, the way of working that transcends all silos, <laughs> and uh, that that really means you need to have your 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 end users effectively involved all the way to your uh, suppliers and your 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 innovators, and it's really about making an agreement about what you need from from the reliability of a system, and. Uh, what we haven't even gone into is the, the uh, methods that SRE has to um, follow up uh, once you have this agreement, like the error budgets and the error budget policies, which are also really strong tools. But maybe we can go into some other podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Thanks. Because <laughs> I really need that fourth appearance here. <laughs> <laughs> we know, we know. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, we, we already said what, what were the learnings uh, for 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 .com, But what was your personal greatest learning point? Eh? What uh, for the closing round? What is your most important takeaway? 
I think that everyone in the company has has a you know everyone everyone's job is to make customers happy in the end of at the end of the day basically that's 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 what everyone's job is in the company. Uh, it's just that uh, SRE can help make that very explicit and to to have a, a real measure of what what it is you know like the the business stakeholder is responsible um, for making decisions about um, innovation or reliability. Uh, so you want that your business stakeholder can make an informed decision about that. And you want also that the engineer who is executing uh, the actual work or working on or who's working on reliability, that they know that they are working on the right thing for the, for the customer and not have the feeling that what they are doing is, yeah, probably going to help, but, you know, don't have much uh, feeling if, if it really does. Uh, so I think that that's what, how Esri is really um, making that uh, explicit and uh, clear for everyone. And for yeah. your part? Yeah, I, I think my, my personal most important takeaway uh, of this whole process that we've been going through has been that Esri, or as a matter of fact, getting DevOps right uh, as an innovator is a... Um, deep specialization in itself that needs uh, effort, structure, uh, learning, um, and support. The fact that uh, you can't just uh, model together uh, the operations role and developer role and throw it at a person and say, do this, but that this is something that you have to invest a significant time in and create a way of working for that'll work for all the subjects of the this that i think was the the most important uh, takeaway for me and i really believe that uh, sre right now is the best approach we have yeah exactly that that, that, that's indeed uh, uh yeah how you can look at it or how you must look at it. The, the, if, you, if you think of it, if you ask a, a software engineer, uh, do you want to be your um, uh, product or the, the, the software delivery, do you want to be, uh, do, to be it reliable? I think no, uh, no one says, uh, no, I, want to don't ha- I don't want to have it reliable. Everybody wants a li- reliable uh, uh, product in the end. But, but um, and making that really work making it really reliable it, it takes this this uh, way of thinking and and uh, movement we are now creating because it's not automatically there uh, in in every everyone's skill set so uh, nice that you was willing uh, that you were willing to share this with the, with the audience and uh, yeah maybe like like you already said there's more to talk about so uh, yeah we'll, definitely we'll make a note of that in the backlog <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so because- yeah, uh, w- one thing to say is, of course, that, that when you make the reliability explicit, that also means that your unreliability becomes explicit, and and that is your your playroom, and that that's the the powerful aspect for your innovation speed. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Bart. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you liked the episode, check some of the others. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for Tech Lab, and subscribe. Leave a five-star review so others can find the podcast easier and spread the word. We like interactions, so if you have any questions or suggestions, find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, or mail techlab at ball.com. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun!